Well, we already talked about the fact that we uh, welcome uh, you to first Sunday of a new year, 2016. Hard to believe that that's already 16 years into this new millennium. You know, I remember thinking about uh, back in the years of uh, 1998, 1999, we're all talking about Y2K, you know, everything could crash and burn and all that. And, you know, we, we weathered all of that. We were trying to get ready for that and doing so many things to prepare for that. And now here we are already 16 years uh, past that. So here we are uh, in 2016. I hope, if you made resolutions, that one of your resolutions would be uh, that you would be in church every Sunday, barring any other kind of uh, uh, uncontrollable event. Because if you have, those of you who are here today, you've already kept it for the first Sunday. And then I read about a guy who this year decided uh, to make only the resolutions that he knew he could keep. And so this is what his resolutions were like. He resolved to gain weight, to stop exercising, to read less and watch more TV, to procrastinate more, and never to make New Year resolutions again. Now, I think his resolutions might resonate with us pretty well, uh, that uh, those are the kinds of resolutions I think that we'd be more likely to keep. If you hadn't made resolutions, I hope that they include some things of a spiritual nature as well as the things that most people include in resolutions about trying to lose weight, eat more healthy, exercise a little bit more. Uh, I hope you got some things in there like... Uh, uh, developing your spiritual life, having quiet time with God, having gathered some material perhaps at the end of last year. That's something I do during the month of December. It's I spend some time browsing through the bookstores and finding uh, what I want to do uh, for my personal growth uh, beyond what I do in terms of sermon preparation. And I'm doing something different this year. Uh, many of you probably carry uh, some kind of Bible app on your phone, and uh, I do as well. Uh, but um, I don't use it unless I find myself somewhere without a Bible and I need to go to the Scriptures. But this year, uh, I'm going to use the reading through the Bible with a Bible plan off of uh, one of the uh, Bible apps that's on my phone. And uh, I'm finding that difficult because I usually go to look for my Bible to read through it. You know, I still, I like to have the paper in my hand when I read it. And when I'm reading a book, I've got a Kindle or something like that. Uh, I, I read some on that, but I just, I like to hold the book in my hand when I read it. I like to hold the Bible in my hand. So um, if you see me during the year and I've got my phone and I'm looking intently at it, I, I'm not doing Twitter all that time. I'm, I'm doing my Bible study reading, okay? So maybe you've done that. And it's a neat plan. I really like the way the plan has come into shape. But I hope those are some things that you've included uh, in some resolutions or goals that you might set. I think those are always better than resolutions. Well, when we come to a new year and talk about some of the opportunities that are before us, a lot of people have this approach to a new year that say, well, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. Well, you know, the thought behind that is that maybe it's the time to start over. But if you're talking about it only in terms of turning over a new leaf, you know what you get? When you turn over a new leaf, you only get the underside of that leaf. And if you really want a new start in life, and you really want this year to make a difference in your life, this new year gives you the chance to start over in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Whether it's the first time that you've entered into that relationship, or whether you renew that commitment in your relationship to Jesus Christ. As I was riding in this morning, uh, I had the uh, radio on to K-Love. I was taking the place of WMHK, and a woman came on, and she, she, answered, she had, was on the phone calling in to the studio, uh, and she said, I am so glad that you answered, and she began to cry. 
And she said, I, I, I just need a relationship with God. And I'm so glad that you answered. Please tell me how I can have that relationship with God. And the announcer took her right through uh, the sinner's prayer and repeated, uh, she repeated that after him. Father, I know I've sinned and I need forgiveness of my sins. I know Jesus died for my sins and he's the only payment that will satisfy uh, you for the, for the sins that I have committed. And she said, I, I, I commit my life to you by faith and I trust in you for your guidance. I thank you for the new life. That was a wonderful celebration. And, and I thought, you know, how appropriate on this first Sunday of a new year that this woman found new life and she found that new life in Christ. And that's what the Bible promises us. When we come to Christ, we not only have a new beginning, a new start to life, but we have a new life all in itself. That's what 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And that's the life that we find when we are focusing on our relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, we got a video uh, for a few moments here that hopefully uh, might serve as a challenge for us about focusing our life this year uh, in that relationship with God through Christ, is to put Him first in our life. We got the video? I thought that's pretty neat the way they talked about, you know, with the fix some things and, and then you know, have your eyes fixed on Jesus and then to do these things, run the race and all that. I thought that was a neat carryover into our spiritual life. I also was reminded of something this week in preparation for this message today about all thoroughbred racehorses have the same birthday. Did you know that? It doesn't matter what month or what day of the month they were born. They all put down in the northern hemisphere. In the southern hemisphere, it's a little bit different. But in the northern hemisphere, all racehorses have the birth date of January 1. And the reason for that is because they race in these races according to ages. And any horse born within that year uh, is considered to be of that age or that. So that was, I thought that was an interesting thing. And then I thought that it also gave some revelation to us about what a relationship with Christ would be like if we would begin that in earnest on this first Sunday of a new year. 
you know, that we had that chance to make this uh, our spiritual birth, a new, a new beginning in our relationship with God, a spiritual rebirth, and, and uh, that, a thought of a new year and a new perspective on our life. And that's what I want us to talk about. And we can only find that as we turn our life over to Jesus for that new life. And we're going to look in the passage of Scripture in Isaiah, in the Old Testament, chapter 60. And when you look there with me, we're going to read the first five verses in just a moment. But when we come to this passage of Scripture, we find that Isaiah is writing to his people about a time when God would restore them and would rebuild Zion, the homeland, and would bless Israel as a nation. And that Israel would see God at work to deliver her. And Isaiah said that God would do these dramatic things in moving from darkness to light in their life. Now listen to what Isaiah writes in these verses. Arise and shine for your light is come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Now there are other places in Scripture, particularly in the Old Testament, some that we use Uh, during the Christmas season, to talk about the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. Especially like in Isaiah 9 too, that talks to us about the people who walked in darkness now have a great light shining upon them. And that light that was shining upon them in the birth of Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ himself, shining as the light. In fact, Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You see, when we make a decision to commit our life to Christ, when we make that move from being a lost sinner to being a sinner saved by grace through the goodness of God in Jesus Christ who paid the ultimate price for our sins on the cross, it's moving from the kingdom of darkness, moving then into the kingdom of light. You know, it's the difference between daylight and darkness. And when a decision is made, then we have a new perspective Because of the leadership of God, because He shines a new light onto our life, and we have a new perspective for life, and it allows us to see things from a new perspective. So if you were in a dark cave and you stumbled across a diamond, well, it wouldn't be anything else like like except that may be another rock that you might find within that cave. But if you were to take that diamond out, say, take it to a jeweler, and lay it on a piece of black velvet underneath the bright lights, you would see the real beauty of that jewel. It's like that in Jesus Christ, that God gives us that opportunity with life, not just for a year, as Allison prayed, not just for a decade, you know, not just for a month, but for all eternity. God gives us that opportunity for a new life with a new perspective. And it all takes place when we commit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so the challenge for us today is to look at this new perspective whether you need to make that decision for Christ as the woman prayed this morning with the announcer on Caleb and prayed to receive Christ, or whether you, maybe you need to recommit your life to a stronger walk uh, with Christ. So what happens when we find uh, we have a new life and a new perspective? Let me talk about three things very briefly. First of all, a new perspective means having a new approach to life. 
In verse 1, Isaiah says, Rise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. That's a reminder to us that Jesus has come as the light of the world to shine forth His righteousness on our life as we live in a world of unrighteousness and sin and moral decay. In verse 2, Isaiah says, See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. I think as true as that was back then, it describes our culture and our society today. We live in the darkness of sin. We live in the darkness of a struggle to straighten ourselves out and to find right from wrong and to survive. Many centuries ago, many centuries ago, before Jesus came, in Ezekiel's ministry, his people were in exile and in darkness of despair, and they cried out to God in Ezekiel 33.10 and said, How shall we then live? And many, many years ago, Francis Schaeffer wrote a book that became a, very Christian, a Christian classic by the title of How Shall We Then Live? And I think that's a great question for us to ask today. Then not too many years before his death, Charles Colson came out with a book entitled, How Now Shall We Live? And they both fell together, Chapter Schaefer's book and Charles Colson's book, talking to us about how do we live? How do we live in this world and in this society in chaos? You know, it, it's morally indifferent. Christian values seem no longer to be respected. You know, violence is rampant in our nation. We used to just see those things happening around the world, and now that violence is taking place in our own land. Meanness, acts of meanness, particularly against Christians, are really escalating and taking place more prevalently. And distasteful personal behavior of choice we see is divorced from any sense of morality. And it's all because God's light, God's light is not allowed to shine in this world and in the lives of people. But Jesus is the light of the world. And He has come as the light of the world to give us that Christian worldview and a new perspective on how we can see God and things in this world. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, the Apostle Paul writes and says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts. To give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. You see, what Paul is saying is, in Jesus Christ we find God's absolute for that world perspective, for that world view that centers upon Christ first. I read the story a long, long time ago that Eugene Bryce told, and I read it somehow again during the Christmas season, because it really doesn't really take place during the Christmas season, but it was about a uh, a, a rancher out in Montana. And I don't know whether this is still carried by NBC Radio or not, but every Sunday afternoon they used to play uh, the symphony, w- would have a, a concert on the radio. And, and this rancher in Montana played the violin, but his violin over a period of time had gotten out of tune. And out there living in isolation in, in the Montana wilderness by himself, he didn't have any way to tune it. So he, he wrote to the conductor of the New York Symphony and asked if on the next broadcast they could play something that would help him tune his violin. And so on Sunday afternoon, June 18, 1938, at the beginning of that NBC Symphony program, a loud, clear, distinct A 
was sounded forth across the airwaves. And that rancher in Montana was able to get back in tune with his violin. I think that that's an analogy we need to look at today, that Christ is God's absolute. And if we want to find a new perspective on life, if we want to find a new perspective about how we see things, then that light of Christ needs to be shining in our life. We need to allow Him to come, and we need to accept that absolute of Jesus Christ so that we can get our lives back in tune with God and the way that God wants us to see the world with a Christian worldview. Because Jesus Christ is the light who changes our approach to life as we walk in His light. Then there's a second thing to think about about this new perspective. And that is, a new perspective means having a positive effect on others. Look at verse 3 and listen to what Isaiah says. He says, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. We know that God purposely chose the people of Israel to be His anointed people and for the particular reason that they would adhere to Him, worship Him, live in such a way that the nations of the world would see it. That the Gentiles would see that light and they would come to Him. And we know they were hesitant about doing that. They didn't really want to do that. They wanted to live by, by laws instead of a relationship to God. But as, as Isaiah is calling the people back to that relationship with God, he says, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. He's very simply saying to us that when we live in the light of Jesus Christ, it will attract people. Nations will come to us. And how does it work then when, when we live in that light and let that light shine? How does it make a difference? How are people affected by that? Well, people see that difference in, in how you handle problems and how you deal with failures in life, how you deal with success in life, you know, how you handle your finances. How you respond to God when you are in sickness or any other kind of adversity. How your marriage looks to them because your marriage as a believer should be different than that of a non-believer. How you approach your children, how you deal with your career and all the other areas of your life. When you're in the marketplace of the world, that is your mission field and that's where your light is to shine. And when it shines the way it's supposed to, it will have effect on people. It will draw them to that light. And eventually somebody's going to ask you the question, how do you have such a radiant attitude when you're going through this? This whole company's in turmoil. How do you have such a positive attitude about life? I know you've got some personal issues that you're dealing with. How do you have a per such a positive attitude about those? And you have that opportunity to tell them why. It's that opportunity to do what Jesus tells us to do in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, he said, I am the light of the world. He says to us in the Sermon on the Mount, you are the light of the world now when we live in relationship with him. And what does he tell us to do? He tells us not to hide our light under a basket, but a city set on the hillside should let its light shine. And he says of us as his followers, his disciples, his believers, his people, that we should let our light so shine that others would see our good deeds and do what? glorify the Father, that we would bring them into a relationship with God the Father. And all of that, I think Jesus is saying, there is something 
contagious about a committed Christian who causes others to want to come to the light of God through Jesus Christ. You might be familiar with this legend, but just off the Blue Ridge Parkway in the mountains of western North Carolina is an interesting phenomenon called the Brown Mountain Lights. I've never seen them myself. Maybe you have. But what I read about them is that they, those lights are best seen on a hazy summer evening, even though they've never been fully explained. Most people think that it's the incandescent glow from rotting wood, a natural phenomenon called foxfire. And there are other explanations for it, but there is a legend that has lasted longer than any other explanation. And the legend takes place many years before even the Civil War. That a landowner went out into the darkness of the night. He hadn't made it home later on in, in the night. And one of his faithful slaves went out to find his owner looking for him carrying a torch. And the legend that carries on today is that that light that is seen in the mountains is that light of that devoted friend looking for someone who was lost. And I think if we take that analogy into our own life, then we should remember that we as the light of the world are to attract people to us so that they might come to know our God and our Father. Not necessarily to glorify ourselves in that process, but to bring glory and honor to God the Father. And then here's the third thing to notice about a new perspective. A new perspective means having a new attitude about life. In verse 5, Isaiah writes and says, Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. You have to look at your life today as a believer in Christ and say, is my life radiant? Is my light shining with the light of God in my life? Do I have a, a radiant lifestyle? And does my heart throb with joy? You know, we should be the most radiant and joyful people of all people in the world. Because of the blessings of God in our life, and not only because of that, but because of simply our relationship with God. That we have that wonderful privilege through faith in Jesus Christ to have that relationship with God. And, so, and, and for me, what I, what I get out of this is, is that this new perspective means having a new attitude about life. Then that, that means that we can see the everyday experiences of life in a different light. Yeah, I think we kind of go, and I'm guilty of this as well at times, we kind of go for those high moments of celebrating. Christmas is for me. That's, that, that's my time of the year. And then, then, you know, there's the Easter experience, and we celebrate the resurrection. And we kind of we find a focus on those two high moments. And then there are other times through the year that we focus on that kind of bring us that special radiance and, and that joy into our life. And I've learned a lesson about one of the things that I really love to do during the Christmas season. And that's to ride around. And sometimes I have to do it by myself because a lot of times the family, back when the kids were with us, you know, they didn't care that much about that. They wanted to go to parties with their friends or go home and listen to music or watch the movie. And Cookie's not all that excited either. So a lot of times during the, month of the December when I leave here after a meeting or something, I just ride through the neighborhoods and look at the lights. And, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm awed by that. And it came to me with the realization as I read this passage of Scripture, you know, that those are the same houses that I see every other month of the year and every other day of the year. They're just not decorated like that. 
It's just those lights that make them stand out for me. But they're the same houses on a normal day. And why don't I see life in that same perspective as I do on special times? I think that's what Isaiah is saying to us when he says, Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. I think that's the difference that Jesus Christ makes in our life as the light of the world. And it's a transformation that only the light of the world, Jesus Christ, can bring into our life. And you look at it this way, that his light shines upon us and we are radiant because we reflect the light of the world who is Jesus Christ. One of the seven wonders of the ancient world was the Ferris Lighthouse at Alexandria. Some say it was the world's first skyscraper. And it was said that its light could be seen 30 miles out at sea. And it stood on that prominent point and, and let its beacon of light shine for over 1,500 years until it was destroyed by an earthquake. Now in comparison to that, The light that Jesus Christ brings to us shines to the ends of the earth. He is the light of the world, and His light shines longer. His light shines just as a lighthouse did to serve as a warning, and His light shines just as a lighthouse does to be a directional beacon. His light shines so that we can find warning in a relationship with Him and so that we can find direction for our life in a relationship with Him with him because when the light of God through Jesus Christ shines in our life then we become radiant and our heart will throb and swell with joy all because we're in a relationship with God and his light through the son Jesus Christ has shined in our life so on this first Sunday of a new year I suggest to you that if you need a new perspective for all that lies before you in all the days yet to come in this year, and we don't know what's before us, we might know of some challenges that are going to be out there, we might know of some things we've got to deal with, but basically we don't know what this year is going to hold for us. But we do know the one who holds the future if we know God. And so my challenge to us is then that we would take advantage of this wonderful relationship, an opportunity that God gives to us to find a new life, uh, a new beginning, and to find in that a new perspective for how we live for His glory. Father, we thank You for this new year. We thank You that You are the God who makes all things new. And I would pray that for anyone who needs to find newness of life, that they would find that today in you as they confess sins and acknowledge Christ as Savior and allow Him to become Lord of their life. Father, for those who know you but yet have lost that sense of joy, their heart no longer bursts forth with joy and they're not radiant any longer, remind them that you still provide that. You still provide that in our life and that we should be radiant and joyful because of our relationship with you. And Father, help us to remember that as we live with that light and that joy, then we will be your light leading others to come to experience you. And the goodness and grace of your love and your mercy will be theirs as well. And I pray all of this in the name of Christ our Lord, who is the light of the world. Amen.